Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast, What If Sports Edition. This is Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. How you doing, good sir? Pretty good, pretty good. Sweet, man. Baseball season, where it's kind of upside down, but we are doing a What If Sports podcast again today, special edition. Uh, we've done one before. We uh, we brought on from the What If Sports League's uh, Skunk 206, and that is our most popular podcast to date so these are a lot of fun so we got coach i'm here and on the line we have ozo motley also known as mike mike ozo motley how you doing man hey guys how you doing thanks for thanks for reaching out I'm, I'm pumped to do this yeah awesome man so uh just real quick your real name is mike and your uh your that would be a twist if it wasn't if it was the other way around <laughs> that would be and a painfully uncreative uh username but uh but your uh <laughs> your uh your name in what if sports is ozo motley what does that mean where does that come from is that a baseball term that we don't know about <laughs> yeah so ozo motley uh means actually very little to me these days outside of what if sports uh they're a band that I liked when I was I was playing MLB, I think 2004, 2005 on my PS2 at the time. Ah. Uh, they had, yeah, they had a song that I liked uh, and I had made a bunch of screen names on one of sports at the same time because back then you could like play yourself on live, like in, in a live setting. Um, so I made a bunch of them. Ozomotley happened to be the one that I ended up buying teams on further down the line. But um outside of that that's all it is that, that's more uh reachable for me than whatever i forget what skunk 206 was all about but <laughs> oh no his no i don't remember the 206 the skunk was because he's got a white streak in his hair oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i can identify with band names you know and and writing them on my notebooks in high school and whatnot so yeah let's jump right in then how did you find out about what if sports uh uh how did you get into it how long have you been uh playing on the league on the website yeah, so I discovered the site, I want to say like 2003, uh, which would make me 12 years old at the time. Um, I was on ESPN.com or Fox or something, uh, and I saw it featured as like, you know, simulate your teams against each other, simulate historical teams against each other. And that was interesting to me. Um, so I did that. I played the sim matchup uh, thing for a little bit, and then I discovered I could build my own teams and actually play them against other people. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I figured it out somewhat quickly. Um, and ended up being a pretty big live player for a couple years. This is like middle school into early high school. Um, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. And then I kind of, you know, pulled away from the site for a while and just randomly thought about it again, uh, after college, um, and actually started, you know, purchasing more teams and playing more uh, intensely. Um, and by that time, you know, I was working in software engineering um, and I just, I developed more of a thought process and, and how to optimize things better. So I, I think a lot of success. us developed more of a thought process after college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not during college, but maybe after college. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Though. <laughs> so you're, you're a software engineer. Oh, I, I was. I after oh, okay. college, I was a software engineer. Now I I've gravitated more towards analytics and data science. Um, so I'm currently a data scientist. Well, this is perfect. Yeah, this is 
<laughs> this is right in your wheelhouse. No wonder you win all the time. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> and actually, to that point, I have your stats right here. Apparently, you're at 73,000 wins and counting. That's pretty That's good. That's right. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Uh, <laughs> So 73,000 wins, but 118 championships and a 572 winning percentage. That's pretty impressive, man. Oh, it must have just went up from 571 today. <laughs> no, wow. Well. Uh, <laughs> um, it's hard to move that winning percentage up, uh, up or down. Once you get past 100,000 games played, it gets really hard. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm there. Uh, the uh, Let me ask you something. Uh, with... Um, what kind of teams do you uh, how many teams do you run at one time? So it depends, right? So I run our annual What If Sports Championship, mm-hmm. um, which is a two-round tournament that runs from, you know, sign up start in May and the final league doesn't end until late January, early February. Um, that takes up a good amount of time as far as like team verification, right. setting up the leagues, finding all, all, all that stuff that goes into that. Um when the what if sports championship is not going on, I can run anywhere between 40 and 60 teams at a given time. Um, on top of that, then I usually have between somewhere between 10 and 30 teams in the tournament of champions at a given time. Um, wow. That's so, an awful lot of teams. <laughs> how, how, how much, <laughs> how much of your day do you spend doing this? <laughs> Probably like 15 minutes. Um, that's it. I check the four. I check the forums like every couple of hours generally, like I'll bump up a thread for a league I'm running. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't micromanage my teams very much. I kind of just set them at the beginning of a season and um, like I'll check in on them every week or so, but for the most part, it doesn't take up like a daily amount of my time. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, so I assume you never look at things like the awards or the leaders or the team <laughs> rankings or ever read the game logs or any of that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes people will like call out an yeah. interesting game in the forum for that league. Right. Um, right. And then I'll see it like three days later and I'll be like, Oh yeah, look at how interesting that is. But I didn't actually see it when they were talking about it. Right. Well, I mean, uh, skunk said something and, and he, he checks games that are shutouts to see if there were no hitters. And I kind of do the same thing. Oh. Uh, Does it not alert you if there was a no hitter? I would think that would be a very significant should. thing. Somebody yeah, will should. usually say something, something about it. But the, the, the simulation, the, no, the there website no itself. Bells or whistles or anything that comes on. Or There's whatever. no, what if, <laughs> what if beat reporter? Like, no, no. <laughs> now that, that would be interesting to have a, yeah. well, actually they have something at the beginning, uh, like a game of the week or something that I never read that either. It's you know, somewhere on your homepage or something. Uh, all right, well, let me ask you, what, what are your favorite ties? Now, your your championship thing, I've never I've never done that. Uh, I've been we gotta doing... got to get you in, man. we got to get you in. Come on. All right. 2019. I'll, I'll do it the next time. Well, what's your salary cap on those things? So in so there are two rounds. Yeah. Um, and in e- each round, there are six leagues, and you have to play in all six leagues. Okay. Um, the salary caps, we generally have two leagues under $100 million. So right. they're like low cap leagues. Right. Then we have two mid cap leagues, which is like a hundred to one twenty. Right. Um, and then we have two high cap leagues, and like a one thirty or one forty, and then like a higher one. Okay. All right. Well, I'll. I'll I've. It, it seems it seems like a, a large commitment of time to me to have that many teams. I can't imagine doing forty to sixty teams, but I do check them a little bit more <laughs> than you do. I, I think I micromanage a little bit more. Uh, the. Uh, 
Otherwise, what are your favorite types of leagues? What uh, salary caps? What's your favorite salary cap? Um, so I generally gravitate a little bit higher than average. Um, 160. Yeah. Like 120 to 180 is really my sweet spot. Okay. Um, but at the same time, I really like leagues at a hundred million because Mm -hmm. if you have a good team at a hundred million, you have a really, really good shot winning the tournament of the champions. Um, how many tournament of champions have you won? you have any idea? Uh, so, yeah. So I have 27 on my main account and one on like a secondary throwaway account I made uh, like 10 years ago. Huh. I, I don't uh, – I didn't even know you could keep record of that. I have no idea how many I've won. It, it hasn't been that many. It's uh, probably but, why you don't pay attention to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, what do you uh, – all right. What do you think about rookies? Uh, so I don't like playing in leagues with rookies because they add salary to your roster right. and it makes you less likely to win the tournament champions because you'd be placed in a higher salary bracket. Sure. Um, I really optimize my entire, like every team I make, uh, except for the really quirky themes. Mm-hmm. I optimize everyone specifically to not win the championship, but specifically to win the TOC. Um so I think that's why I've had success there. Do you like playing in some of these quirky things? Sometimes. Yeah. Like I just joined a league the other day that was like centered around a tribute to the one season of the Seattle pilots from the sixties, which sounded fun. What? <laughs> Do tell. Yeah. I, want, I want to know much more about this. How is that? Oh, set up? I, I, there's all these like different things. You have to draft like three players specifically from that team and you can have the twists like turn the players from the team into other seasons that they had. And there's like, right, you, right. you have a very strict roster based on the roster of the 1969 Seattle pilots. <laughs> well, that, that sounds like fun. I mean, I, I was in a, a league recently where you could draft uh, any player, you know, anytime it was uh, like an open league there, but all the pitchers had to be from, the last season in major league ball. So you were seeing how, you know, uh, different pitchers oh. from the, um, last season would have done against Ruth and whatnot. Uh, all right. What do you think about clones? I think clones are fun. Um, I generally like, I don't have the emotional attachment to like, Oh, this is, you know, Honus Wagner or something. Right, right. I, I see it as like, this is a group of statistics that somebody, did and this is like a, a a player season that i have at my disposal and if i want to use 1908 honus wagner and 1903 honus wagner that's fine like they're different things okay so, I, under, I understand that and i uh yeah. however are is there any player I, I mean would you use any player at any time yeah absolutely okay absolutely. see I, I still have there there's still i can't get around the emotional just and I, I recognize these are not players that these are are just <laughs> mathematical <laughs> equations, but I just can't get behind a mathematical equation named Barry Bonds. The uh, <laughs> but I, I for one am terrified of clones. They're an abomination <laughs> of science. So. <laughs> I feel like they're out to destroy us all. I can't believe y'all are so nonchalant about this clone thing. <laughs> hey, let me uh, <laughs> uh to. <laughs> To to that in uh, entirety, if you will, what do you feel the the relationship between like real baseball that you fo- well actually let me let me back this up. You live out west, but I understand you're a Phillies fan. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm in San Francisco now, uh, over the last couple of years, I've lived in LA, I've lived in Miami, but I grew up in Philadelphia. I love the Phillies. Uh, I'm not really a big like team person in general. I appreciate the sport more than like rooting for a given team, but I do have a soft spot for the Phillies because, um, you know, when I was a kid, they, we had the, the championship parade, um, and that was a really fun experience. So I have like emotional ties to that, but in general, I just like the sport as a whole. Yeah. Okay. So in general, you like the sport more than the specific like rooting for the Phillies. So where, how do you feel the relationship between real baseball and simulation baseball? I mean, does one feed the other? Are they mutually exclusive? And would you, do you do like regular fantasy roto leagues as well? Yeah. So I, I don't have a ton of like leisure time right now. Not uh, if you're doing 60 teams. I don't care how easy you say it is to do. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just the, the company that I work for. I, I work pretty long hours. I work pretty intense. Um, so I don't have time to like beat my friends who are really good at fantasy baseball. So I don't even really play that much. Um, uh, I just, you know, I like one of sports and I've done it for a long time. So I just, I keep that going. Fantasy baseball, you do have to keep up with more than what you say you <laughs> yeah. do with the simulation stuff. I mean, you've yeah. got to, that's a day-to-day thing. Exactly. Exactly. But do you think that like the, um, cause this is something that fascinates me. Like does, does following getting into simulation baseball further or deepen, if you will, your enjoyment of real baseball and the history of baseball, seeing as how you're looking up statistics and all that yeah yeah absolutely i've learned so much about baseball and i've come to appreciate so many more things about the game even from like the quirkily named players from back in the day like sweetbreads bailey like that's an awesome name (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah and who knew that tip o'neill was one of the greatest players to ever play the game you know (laughs) Yeah, or that, or that a guy named King Kelly, it was oh, like right. the best hitting catcher of all time. Like I had well, no idea. Well, King Kelly shows up a lot on the uh, uh, the baseball. Uh, what's what's his name? Uh, the special the oh Ken you, Burns. Yeah, the Ken Burns yeah. baseball. So let me say that again. King Kelly's because we'll edit this out. Uh, <laughs> King Kelly does show up a lot on the Ken Burns baseball special. Yeah, my coach, uh, I don't know if you know this, but he is the president and founder of the King Kelly uh, fan club. Oh. <laughs> he mentions him at I least may... <laughs> twice a week. I'm, I'm a paying member, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, one of the uh, craziest people ever to play the game. Uh, all right, if it doesn't take you, if you don't spend this much time, how long does it take you to draft a team? To put one, you decide you want to do this team uh, yeah. is not just a you know, uh, a million dollar salary cap open league, uh, something yeah, that yeah. you probably have already. How long does it take you to put the team together? So it, it does depend without a doubt, like more restrictive themes, especially the ones for the World Sports Championship. Like I take a lot of time right. to make sure that I have the optimal team. Um, but for most leagues, like I know the player database pretty well at this point. Yeah. I have my spreadsheets that I can just, you know, um, so that's, that's, I guess, another thing. I, I use uh, Google Sheets and Excel spreadsheets to draft my teams, not the search engine on the site. Right. Um, so I'm able to like surface the top players for Gibbons criteria pretty quickly. Um, I'd say that in general, like if I had to put a number on it, it probably takes me somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes to build a team. Um, and then the open leagues would be less than that. And the more complex leagues would be a little higher than that. 
you prefer power teams or average teams? Oh yeah, I don't draft power at all. I actually um, some somebody I forget their username wrote me a site mail um, like an email on the site uh, a couple weeks ago and was asking about home runs and I was like, yeah, I don't ever draft home runs. I try and avoid home runs. Um, you wouldn't make it reason. as a GM in this day and age. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Oh no! Hey, let's let, let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> I actually think that the the solution to a lot of baseball's problems right now, in terms of popularity and relevance, is that the parks are too small. Oh, People well, have I gotten agree. Stronger, and yeah. it's like. Rather than optimizing for launch angle, we should be building parks that get people engaged rather than just get them waiting for the next home run. There is a difference, though, when you're in a park like Oakland and you're 70 feet away from the field as opposed to one of these <laughs> new ballparks where you're right on top of it. I mean, it's uh, true. I, you know, what uh, in terms of being fan friendly and everything else, in terms of filling up seats, I agree with you. I, I I'm uh, would love to see you know 540 foot center field fences again, uh, but <laughs> I don't. Grounds, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I don't want to sit in the polo grounds and have to have binoculars to tell who uh, the player is, and I'm on the first baseline. Uh, yeah. the, uh, I mean, they're, uh, larger ballparks are made for television, but that's not the, the fans game. We did hear, uh, we did hear, um, Hank Aaron on Sunday night baseball describe hitting, uh, in his, in his era versus all this launch angle stuff. And he said, he still roll, you know, roll your top hand over. You were swinging down <laughs> on the ball. And I think we just need yeah. to, we need to listen to Hank. There's my t-shirt. Listen to Hank. Hey, this this brings up a good one, a good segue though. What what ballpark do you use as your home park? I know that's a big part of the, you know, as you're drafting your team together, right? Yeah. So I actually am a pretty big advocate of the importance of ballpark. I think there's some other top owners who. Uh, oh, I who totally don't. agree. I, you've got to match your team to your ballpark. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it can get you, you know, a, a notable amount of like incremental wins or losses uh, for a right, season. Right. Uh, so I think about the ballpark as much as I think about the roster. And I'd say that my top ballparks are usually the ones that have um, big pluses for singles, doubles, and triples and big minuses for home runs. Like Palace of the park, fans. And that's Palace okay. of the fans, municipal, even like right. Target Field. Right. Um, yeah, those are really my top ones. Right. Um, now what I'm going to get back to what your average and power in a real, if you're playing in a, uh, a, say a 255 cap league and their clones okay. allowed, I could see going with home runs there. I'm, I'm with you. I normally prefer an average team, but if you're in one of these league, I mean, and you're going to be there and you're in a 255 league that allows clones, there are going to be all sorts of people that are using mile high and Atlanta Fulton yeah. County stadium and Yankee stadium. There, a lot of those ballparks are going to be there already. Uh, yeah. so, and in that sense, I can see going with power, uh, and taking a few roofs. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> clones again. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, if like clones are allowed, if they're not allowed, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go with it. I'm going to go with an average team. It's true. But I, I think that brings up an interesting point, which is how to draft your team. Right. Um, and like you said it, right. You just said that, like, you think about like what parks other teams will have. Sure. Um, and to me, the most important part of roster construction and park choice is knowing your opponents and knowing their tendencies and knowing what they're going to do and then building a team not to play the theme but building a team to beat your opponents um so 
it's kind of like a, a game theory approach. All right, um, right. But that's what I use for all my teams. Yeah, see, I, I kind of look at people. Uh, I don't really think about who I'm playing against that much. Maybe I should. The uh, I uh, let me in. What's your percentage of your salary? Do you goes toward your pitching staff? Got a hundred twenty yeah. million league. How much of that is going to go to the pitching staff? I'd say generally less than average. Um, most people, I think, gravitate towards spending a little more on pitching. I generally spend a little more on hitting. Um, so in a $120 million league, I'd probably spend anywhere from 63 to 67 or $68 million on hitting. Um, so what is that? That's like 50, right. like mid-50s on pitching. Okay. That's, that's about what I would do as well. How many innings do you feel like you have to have? And I know it's going to vary to in each what the salary cap goes. Yeah, I so assume. innings innings are an interesting thing because a lot of people will tell you that you need more innings in a hitter's park. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, I think that the amount of innings you need is dependent on your expectation for how many pitches your pitchers are going to throw relative to their real life averages. Right. Um, so if you have a really good defense behind them in a hitter's park, you actually don't need to waste more money on more innings and more pitches. Um, so I try to employ that because paying for good defense, especially range, right, uh, is actually a lot cheaper than paying for additional pitching. So I try and optimize that way. Well, I see. Uh, That's a very money ball approach to this uh, <laughs> simulation right there. The, but uh, but you're right. The range factor you don't pay for much. Uh, you yep. pay for the fielding aspect of it a lot more than you do the range factor. Um, and it also plays into your pitching because sure. if, with pitchers uh, p- paying for OAV or opponent's batting average, like a, paying for a low opponent's batting average, is more expensive than paying for a low uh, opponent walk rate. So I'd rather pay for a low walk rate and then make up the difference by paying for range and getting some better hitting out of it. Okay, I got you. Uh, let me ask you something, too. Well, you, you pretty much answered this already, but I had somebody ask me once uh, or recently about whether I use the uh, plate appearance uh, per dollar or the innings pitch per dollar settings. You don't use those at all. You have your own spreadsheets and that. And I was reluctant. To, I, I'll... You know, I'm pretty. You know, if it's a hundred and sixty million dollar cap, like you, I know pretty much who I'm going to draft. You know, uh, I don't even uh, need to check. You know, however, uh, the stats that What If Sports puts out, uh, but I'll use that just to bring up the players' names. And I didn't want to say that. I, I think it's an atrocious way of kind of putting a team together. But you don't look at any of that, <laughs> do you? Well, well, it's not necessarily true. So I actually use. I actually think that. If you're using the search engine on the site, right. dollar per innings pitched is the single most important stat that you should look at. Um, okay, because that's how you how you understand value. So bringing that up and comparing it to their other stats is is really how you tell how how much of a good buy a certain pitcher is for you. All right, um, but I, I assume like with you, I mean, if you're playing uh, uh, you're playing Palace of the uh, or playing a Municipal, and you've got uh, a team that's going to hit for average, uh, you don't want to give up any walks, uh, you're going to be looking at OAV plus or something of that nature. Am no, I, no, no. So uh, I use the same formula for all my teams when I look at pitchers. Okay. It's really simple. Uh, I actually take 
the the dollar per innings pitch number, mm-hmm. and I multiply that by their normalized ERC. Uh, so the ERC with the, okay. the 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 you know the sign after it or whatever. Right. Um, and that gives me like an index, and I base the value of the pitcher on how low that index is. A lower value being a better value. Right. Um, right. So I use those as my primary two inputs, and then I kind of weight that against. Um, how many home runs they give up. So they're normalized home run per nine rate. Uh, and those are honestly the only statistics I look at for pitchers, uh, unless I can't make a decision based on that. If I can't make a decision based on that, then I'll look at their normalized walk rate as well. But I never look at OAV at all. Okay. Uh, the, uh, you ch- let me, uh, the settings that you put your players on, I mean, uh, yeah. like say with pitchers, uh, I thought Skunk had a real interesting thing that his whole bullpen was either right-handed uh, specialist or left-handed <laughs> specialist. Uh, yep. And they're all yep. set for the eighth inning. I've tried this on a couple of teams since then uh, with moderate success. Uh, the uh, uh, As a matter of fact, I think I just beat you with uh, a, in a, a league where uh, I use that. that I think form. you're right. I think you're right. Uh, uh, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Uh, first of all, do you change your settings when you get to the playoffs? Um, I won't change my settings, but I'll change my rotation. Um, and I'll Mm -hmm. also change my batting order. So generally I'll have like one or two starters who are better than my other starter. Right. And I'll put the bad one in the bullpen. And then in clinch games, like, uh, clinch games, I'll bring in like a short inning starter, like a Bob Malacky type um, to start that. But I don't change my pitch counts. I don't change my inning availability, uh, for batting order though. I'll generally have a guy or two who has like who's a little short on plate appearances, like right? Nineteen oh two Nap Nap Lajoie, or right. how do you say his last name? Lajoie, Lajoie, Lajoie. There you go. Nineteen oh two Nap Lajoie, um, or some other guy like eighteen ninety seven Bill Joyce, who like would right. get fatigued if I played him in the leadoff spot during the season. Mm-hmm. I actually bat him ninth during the season after the pitcher. I've used Joyce a lot, by the way. But go ahead. Yeah, Joyce is great. Um, yeah. So I bat him after the pitcher during the regular season, and then I move him to lead off for the playoffs. Okay, uh, I, I understand that. I mean, there, there are a lot of players you have to kind of like juggle that with the playoffs. I mean, even in big leagues where, or, I mean, uh, high cap leagues, you got to move bread around and that sort of thing. Uh, yep. The, uh, do you change things for your uh, for the TOCs? Um, because your, not, your fatigue factor yeah. is so qu- quick in the TOCs. Yeah, so generally my teams that I build for the TOC, um, I my bullpens are stacked with those like short inning Malachi types. Mm-hmm. So it's really just a game of judging like who you need to pitch in a given game. Right. Um, so you can either start one of your real starting pitchers or if you need to win that game or predict you'll need to win that game, then you start one of the short inning guys because you can only get one start out of them per TOC, generally maybe two if you get lucky. Right. Um, so, like, that's really what I do there. Okay. Now, novice reset here. <laughs> TOC for short for Tournament of Champions, I assume? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think we yeah. might have said that earlier. So, with TOC being, that means, of course, for those who are unfamiliar, Tournament of Champions, how do you, you, you have to qualify for that first? And how do you do that? If somebody win a championship or finish second in a lot of leagues. And just a, in any and, of any of the leagues within a certain like skill level or salary cap band. Sal- yeah, salary cap. So if you're if you're a hundred million dollar salary cap and you make it to the World Series, 
regardless of whether you win or lose, your team gets entered into the tournament champions and you are against 31 other $100 million teams uh, that have done the same series. Yeah. Okay. And then in that instance, do you have, is there a a higher fee or something to, you don't pay anything. Oh, you're just automatically in and you can, but you can win a lot. You can win a lot. What can you win? If you win the tournament, it's like a bracket. It's like a bracket. So there's like, you know, you play one team and then got to win 17 games. Another thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the winner of the whole thing gets $150 uh, credit on the site. Um, Ooh. The, lo- the loser gets 50 and then the, the semifinal losers each get 25 I see. All right. So the, uh, and, and I was going to ask you this earlier. I, I realize it's been a while, but when's the last time you paid for a team? <laughs> um, I don't remember offhand. Yeah, okay. Um, I, my my Amazon gift card account is doing pretty well though. Right. Okay. That's what we asked. <laughs> that's what we asked Skunk, and it was it was it had crossed a thousand. I thought it was three thousand. It was three thousand. Yeah. Sure. Why not? I mean, it was. I actually yeah. I calculated it um, a couple months ago. Uh, I've won a couple since then, but I think that I was at like yeah like thirty five hundred or four thousand or something like that at the time. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. groceries for a year if yeah. you do it right. Yeah. <laughs> And that's yeah, including paying for the teams that he to play all of this stuff. Wow. To play 60 games at a time. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to get back to the settings. Um, what do you do with your bullpen? So Skunk has come up with that method, and I really like it in concept. I haven't executed it well yet or really played around with it too much. Um, mm-hmm. I think his strategy is probably superior to any other Um so kudos to him for discovering how to how to use that righty and lefty specialist thing. For yeah. me, I really just set all my good pitchers to be set up A, all my bad pitchers to be set up B, um, and all my really bad pitchers to be long B. Um, and the way I control who comes in is just setting inning availability. Uh, so like a long reliever type who's good, I'll put him at set up A, but I will um, – I'll have him available to come in in like the third inning versus a, sh- a shorter guy later. Right. That, that's the way. That's the way I've done mine yeah. in the past. Uh, and I didn't use. Well, I, it took me a while to learn not to use a closer. I did. You know, when I first started in the league. Do you ever use a mop up? Oh, I use a mop up on every team. Oh, really? Um, I I don't want to. I don't want to waste innings in games that I'm way behind because innings are so expensive, right? So right. Right. I don't. I don't. I don't want to waste them on a pitcher who could be better used in a winning situation or a potential winning situation. So, so out of twenty-five I, players, you're going to have one pitcher that really sucks every single time. Really? Okay. Yep. Oh, like suck? How bad? Like two hundred thousand? <laughs> no, not a penny more. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, all right. What's uh, do you? Do anything different with your total pitch count or maximum pitch counts? Um, I do generally for guys who have a decent like inning pitch per game number, mm-hmm. so they can throw a decent amount of innings. I'll generally set their max five to ten pitches higher than their projected right. um, or target. But for the guys who are actual real life relief pitchers, I generally will have the max and the target be the same because um, yeah. okay. I have to more carefully control them. Right, and they they live longer that way. Uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, what do you put uh, when the call of the bullpen? It's almost everybody a one. Everybody is a one. Yeah, uh, every single pitcher is a one. Um, I if I have somebody come in 
I want them to pitch a certain amount of pitches and you know that's it right what's what about your auto rest um i actually don't pay attention to that at all i think i have it set by default to like 97 for every pitcher um so i i, I don't i don't pay, play with that at all i don't play with it at all I, I i keep my 98 kind of default um the uh all right what about uh the hitters you uh what do you what do you think about speed you run oh but before that, uh, one more thing about the bullpen that sure. I, I, I want to share. Um, so one thing that I really like to do is drafting one pitcher for long relief, so having somewhere between like 50 and 80 innings, who mm-hmm. is significantly worse than they should be for whatever the salary cap is, right? So if it's right. like a $140 million league, I'll draft a guy who's like pretty bad for 140 like a whip of 110 or something like that. Right. Um like a dollar per inning pitch value of like 22,000. Right. And I'll draft him and I'll put him in long B. So he's kind of like a mop up too. Right. Uh, he's for games. That maybe we could come back and win, but I don't want to spend a ton of money on a pitcher for. So I okay. think that having that additional value helps like a little bit of an edge of money you can spend elsewhere. Well, that's, that's smart. Uh, have, have, okay. I'm going to look into that. Uh, and you still set him <laughs> uh, and you still set him at a one setting as well. Yeah, I can see the reason why you might want to set him at like a three. Like maybe you maybe you come back right. and you want him to come in. But I don't know if the sim would recognize that. Hey, we should actually remove him because we we've come back. I don't know the logic there, so I've right. never messed around with it. Right. Let me ask you, uh, Mike. Since you're in data sciences, how do you grade the uh, the integrity of Sparky of the what if? <laughs> simulator that's actually you know generating the outcomes i bet you can give insight on that that most could not yeah i think that the simulation engine itself like definitely you know it's at this point it's almost 20 years old um so there's probably upgrades that could be made to like have additional rules to know when to do what or like more effectively of mines historical data in order to like give additional logic to sparky but i will say this that with the controls that we have uh sparky never deviates from the inputs that you as the manager give him so if you don't understand why he does something or another and i can definitely attest to having been in this situation plenty of times myself um it's because of some setting that you set and you just don't realize the impact of it um so do you have have no critique with sparky but i definitely think that there are things we can do to improve the game yeah, for for when you say you you can think of some examples for somebody who may be just discovering what if for the first time, you got you got one that come that off the top of your head that you can uh, that you can enlighten us. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure that this is this will be this will be clear to people who play the game a couple times, um, but for new people, definitely this is something they should be aware of. Um, you know, drafting home run hitters, especially modern home run hitters. You're definitely spending a lot of money on something you're not going to get a huge return on in most leagues because there are so many pitchers from the dead ball era. And the sim, I don't think, does an ideal job at like normalizing the home runs that should be hit for a modern hitter. And so you actually end up getting significantly less than you probably should. Um, so that's just one thing. That's good. Yeah. You got it. It's like playing the umpire crew that's out there in a way. <laughs> yeah. So. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, they're all you'll see in the forums all the time where I, you know, why, you know, why would Sparky bring in this reliever at this time or why, you know, right, uh, right. And it, 
he's right. It's somebody's settings that have done this. Yeah, you can only blame yourself at the end of the day, I guess. Yeah. It's convenient to blame somebody else, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's probably you. (laughs) Well, I I remember uh, asking Alberto once, uh, many years ago, when he was still playing. I don't think he plays anymore. uh, Yeah. uh, About how do some players uh, seem to be lemons at certain times? Why, you know, why do they have off seasons? And, ah, yeah. and his topic. reply was, there are no off seasons. <laughs> <You know? Yep. laughs> it's just something you did. And uh, I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, he, he, he's right. Because like, there will be times where Alberto is, is an owner, right? Yes, I respect yeah. a lot. He comes yeah. from a software engineering background like myself. So we kind of think in a similar way. Yeah. Um, but he um, like to his point about there not being any off seasons, um, it's not always because you did something with your stats. Sometimes it's just random chance, right? Like people think that if you're paying $8 million of sim money for a player, that they should perform like an $8 million player. But the fact is that like, that's not the case. They're playing against better pitchers than they played against in real life. Or they're playing against better hitters than they played against in real life. And there's, you know, variance, statistical variance at play. Oh, so the ballparks you- and everything else. Yeah, but I mean, if you play the same player on the same team a thousand times, he's going to do some number, like an average number, right? Right, right. But for 500 of those, he's going to be below that average. And for 500, he's going to be above. So you might have just gotten the one where he does really badly. Right. Uh, Along that line, uh, we talk about Alberto. Who are some of the owners? Is there an owner that's had your number? Somebody that you just can't (laughs) beat? Uh, yeah, there's there's one guy, there's one guy who seems to beat me. I'd say like eight or nine times out of ten. Um, he he's he goes by M Berg. Um, Mo Berg. And <laughs> he's got he's won our one hundred million dollar uh, tournament champions advantage league. So that's like you build an optimal roster to win the tournament champions. He's beaten me in the finals of that like three times in a row. Wow! Um, Shout out so to M Berg. He's he doesn't play a lot of leagues, but he's the he's the toughest owner I've ever played. Wow. Uh, the uh, who are uh, who are some of the others that have been tough for you? Uh, back when I first started getting into the game, uh, wait and see was top guy. Wait uh, and he, see you know, beat me like a drum. <laughs> yeah, he he won the what a sports championship three years in a row. The only three times he played, he was number one. Uh, and then he retired because I guess it's too easy for him. Um, All right. Do we know but, who this guy actually is? This wait and see. No, we don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> he's a, he's a phantom. He's a <laughs> he's the shadow. All right, continue. Yeah, but he's he's he was really good. I noticed that when the dynamic salary pricing, so the site changed how they do player salaries, and they went through right. this time where they would price players based on how many times they were chosen on teams. Uh, mm-hmm. They did that for a little while, and once that started happening, I actually noticed that his team started to fall off with each successive iteration of pricing yeah so i think that like he was really optimized to win under the former pricing model that um, could be I, I, it took me a while to adjust to that as well yeah because yeah I, as i say i i pretty much i don't really go by stats i know that if i'm uh playing in a league that's 200 or more i want 95 maddox pitching for me you know I don't, uh let me go to the your settings for hitting uh do you run a lot i was going to we were talking about wait and see. He never ran at all. Never let anybody yeah. run. I mean, he wouldn't let a uh, an eleven Cobb run. So I did an experiment in a league. Um, I want to say 
two years ago at this point, maybe a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. where I entered the same team, identical roster, uh, twice. Mm-hmm. And I had the commissioner put one in the American League and one in the National League. Right. Um, and on one team, I had them, I was stocked with like stolen base guys, right? So I built my whole right. team around like eight, 1985 Willie McGee, Tim Raines, people like that. Right. Um, and I, I put everyone at a five stolen base setting, so a max stolen base setting for the one team. I put everyone at zero on the other team, um, mm-hmm. so they would never run. And the team at zero actually won more games, like 10 to 15 more games, and mm-hmm. won the World Series and won the Tournament of Champions. Well, there you go. Ah. So I guess <laughs> I guess that's pretty much your answer then uh, in terms of what uh, whether you run or not. What about bunts? Um, I'll bunt. Yeah, I I like bunting. I think that it's uh, especially in the lower cap leagues. Yeah, it's I a think, good way to, to I, score some runs. I think it's got to be under one twenty. Uh, if I want to be bunting. Yeah. Um, okay, let me see here. The, uh, what about uh, let's go to player hierarchies. Uh, do you how much do you rest your players? Never, um, unless like the only time I'll do that is if I have platoon guys, so you know, multiple guys playing the same position for lefty righty stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, what? By the way, that was going to. I was. I'm out of uh, sync here, but that was one of my problems with the way Skunk does the having everybody pitch in the eighth inning like that and be a right-handed or left-handed specialist. I often don't have that many left-handers in my bullpen. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. that are the equivalent of that. Uh, all right. What about defensive replacements? So I I look at stuff like that for. The, my water sports championship teams where I'm like really trying to optimize things, but mm-hmm. I don't find that, that optimizing it makes a huge difference uh, right. in terms of like winning a division versus coming in second. Um, so I don't spend the time on that for, for most teams. Okay. Uh, and so what about pinch hitting? You, I don't even, I don't even look at those. The yeah. Same, same thing only for water sports championship teams. Yeah. Cause it takes so long to say, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, whether left-handed against a right-hander, or when early in the game when it's raining, or you know, whatever. Mike, uh, Mike let me. I want to jump in and ask you, if, um, and and coach for you too. Just a general question: when you're when you're starting in a a league and you're setting your rosters and your settings before a game, are you given the other teams like lineup and everything? You get to see ahead of time that who their starting pitcher is and all that good stuff. You see their starting pitchers and you see their starting catchers. Uh, yep. But beyond that, all you can see their entire roster and you can kind of figure out what, you know, who's uh, at least who's going to bat. Uh, after you see their lineup after the game is played, and they're generally going to have the same lineup either for at least for right handers and left handers. So to that yeah. point, Mike, are there certain matchups that when you see them, you know, having played so many games, so many tournaments, and your data science background that you're like, oh, I know exactly who to put in now to win this game? <laughs> I don't know if it's that scientific. Because um, <laughs> in my mind, the- I believe that it is. <laughs> I'm seeing you with like seven computer monitors and just ga- <laughs> no, gaming no, the no, whole no. system. But. God, no. Um no, I, again, like I don't spend a ton of time each day or on any given team to, to do that. I'm sure that there are little small optimizations that I could make from game to game if I did do that. Uh, but for most teams, like 
if it's not going to be the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs, I'm not, I, I don't bother with it. Um, if it's just going to get me like an incremental win or two, uh, I, I don't think about it very much. Right. Mm. All right. I'm going to ask you a question here, and don't take this wrong. Uh, okay. But how come your how come your winning percentage is 572? Mine's higher than yours, and I don't know. You know, I don't have spreadsheets and all over. I'm thinking like, yeah, I want to use this guy. And I'll play in some leagues like everybody's got to have sure. a mustache or something. You know, uh, the uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not like sure. Uh, no, I mean, no, wait, wait and fair. see was like 620 or something like this, you know, but uh, I'm 580 something, you know, but uh, I don't understand why you're not higher than that. Did it take you a while to, for it to kind of all register? So you have to remember that the first incarnation of me playing on the website i was like 13 years old okay um, there you go and i probably played like a couple maybe like 200 teams before i turned like 15 so you know at that time my winning percentage i think was like 510 or 515 and since i came back to the site a couple years ago it's it's risen and i actually calculated what my winning percentage was for the total i think it's like four year period since i came back mm-hmm. um it's around six ten. Okay, that, that's what I would that I would assume it was. I mean, it would have to be higher than mine. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, now, no, I, you, hey, you just said you, you you beat me every now and then. You just beat me last week. So well, okay, <laughs> I mean, more credit than that. <laughs> even a blind pig will find an acorn every once in a while. Uh, the, uh, now, uh, and and I, in my own defense, I know when I first started playing, I played in a couple of leagues. Why why I did this, I don't know. But like the object was to lose. Uh, the, oh yeah, I do that too. Oh, yeah, and that does wonders for your winning percentage. But <laughs> the uh, you're not Tiger Woods, and this is not golf. You play to win the game. Yeah. So, so. The, uh, uh, well, let me ask you one other thing. You, you've won all of these uh, championships and everything. You ever got any uh, what if sports apparel? I have never gotten any what if sports apparel. I think that they discontinued it when they sold the site from Fox to yeah. Sports Hub like two years ago. But okay. I, I sort of wish I had one of the vintage vintage T-shirts at this point. But no, I, I don't have any. Yeah. Okay. I just wondered. Did Bill Simmons' uh, writing and musings about what if uh, sports get you? That's what Skunk attributed a lot of his and was when he. Uh, read bill simmons the pod father talking about what if sports on page two <laughs> yeah it, it very well may have been like at the time you know being a 13 or 12 year old or however old i was i really had no idea who was writing what um so all right, I right. Was it sounded sounded cool but i i know that he was very active and very like a big supporter of the site back then so very well could have been what's the mh mean in front of your team names so during college, I worked as a music producer and a DJ. Um, and in music, there's in electronic music. People like will put a signature on their tracks. So you'll hear that in, like hip hop songs. Like the producer will put like a little like blurb at the beginning or end of the track. Um, so I got the idea from that to do something here. Uh, MH is just my initials, um, and it's really as simple as that. Okay, how do you get the rest of your names? Um, 
you're getting I, sixty. I don't know if I have a. If you're getting plan. doing yeah. sixty teams, this, you know that's it's going to be stressful to come up. It takes me forever. <laughs> it takes me often more time to come up with my team name than it does to come up with the team. <laughs> well, the a lot of the leagues I play these days are just like no restrictions type leagues, so right? Like one hundred forty million dollar open leagues, basically. Yeah. Um, and so for those leagues, I have a very simple system. And I just started a while ago, like arbitrarily at some team, calling it like MH1. And now I'm up to MH45 on those type of leagues. Oh, okay. Okay. Boring. Wonderful. That's boring. boring. <laughs> yeah, very boring. Very boring. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you, uh, you know, obviously when you play in these leagues, it creates an online community. So, you know, we're having this very podcast right here. Y'all have never met before. Um in 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 IRL in real life of course um but mike how many of your peers and friends or you know extended family or whatnot play what if sports that you know of so i had my first job out of college uh i got my engineering manager to do one team with me um but other than that no one i actually i've met up with um I, I, I had pizza actually in San Francisco with Cal Hoop um, last year. And that was really awesome getting to meet someone from the site in person. Oh, cool. Um, and just like chat with them. But other than that, like no one from my day to day life plays. I've mentioned it to people, but uh, no one, no one plays. I got it from my son. So uh, the uh, he was the one that gave it to me, but he doesn't play anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> said that like a virus or something. No, no, he, he didn't have time. I don't know. Yeah. Well, do you see, Mike, do you think that, that, that what if sports is something that, um, you know, has kind of reached its its audience in full or that it has room for more expansion, more growth? Yeah, honestly, like, so I work at, I've worked at a couple of the fastest growing companies in the world in the past few years, Uber and now Airbnb. Um, oh, wow. All right. And like, when I look at the product of what if sports, I think that it's a product that could grow, but it needs investment, right? It needs a new user interface. It needs backend improvements. It needs like better, like more of a marketing and branding push. And I don't know if those things are going to come personally. I'm bullish on sports hub and what they've done so far. I know not everyone is, but I am. Um, but if it were to crest past its current saturation, uh, it really is going to need more investment. Really? What what, what would you uh, give an app, let's say, I don't know, Airbnb maybe, but you know, give me an app that if it was modeled more like that app, you think it would take off or it would grow its audience considerably? Hmm. That's a tough question. I don't know if there's a good example. And I think that the reason that there's not a good example is because what if sports is kind of a unique thing uh, in the fantasy baseball space. Um, so to me, that speaks to the fact that it could grow with the right things. But I think that's like people need to go through the product development process with this product in order to really take it to that next level. And personally, I hope that Sports Hub is doing that. Have there been any other simulation leagues that you've been in? Outside of Water Sports? Right, right. Uh, no, no, there haven't. Uh, again, I, I like the simplicity of What If Sports in terms of like, it doesn't require a ton of my time for me to have a lot of fun with it. Right. So 
I haven't really felt the need to explore other things. I know there have been. I've heard of people saying I'm going here or something, you know, uh, you know, because yeah, Sparky doesn't know what he's doing. You know, this sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I always find it interesting these people that uh, the people that seem to speak on the forum the most are the ones that uh, really don't know what they're doing. I shouldn't have said that, but uh, <laughs> we can edit, we can edit that out. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but I'm not gonna. Um, <laughs> what else, what uh, what are some other things? I, there, I, I think I'm pretty good. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know one thing I need to ask. Uh, can you think of any players that just don't perform to the way they should? Ooh. Uh, um, like. Hmm. The J.R. Richard, that's 118 innings or something like that, uh, doesn't perform the way. I mean, his his value is a lot higher than I've ever gotten out of him. I'd say that. So the one guy, in general, I would say that players perform as I would expect them to, just because I've seen so many games. And right. To right. Expect. Um, I'd say that there's one guy. Actually, okay, there's a couple guys. But the one guy who really doesn't perform like he should, in my opinion, is Roy Thomas. Uh, He's a guy from the first decade of the 1900s. He has a ton of walks in real life, has a great on-base percentage. I think he's a lefty, too, so he should do well against the majority righty pitchers. Um, But I've used him a couple times, and I've seen other people use him. And his average is always so much lower than I would expect coming from a decade dominated by pitchers that Mm -hmm. the amount of walks he gets doesn't end up making a huge difference. So I've been really disappointed by him. Um, And then there are bigger name guys like Joe DiMaggio and Willie Mays, who I avoided for a long time because they're right-handed power hitters. But Mm -hmm. I've actually started to use them every now and then, and and I've been okay with with the results. So not not a ton of players. And bigger name people, I've I've always been disappointed by Clemente. And this, I've been my favorite player my whole life, and uh, feel sacrilegious <laughs> just to hear you say that. I know. I mean, <laughs> the uh, well, I'm just you know, he should be better than he. He doesn't cost as much as you would think, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I and that his D, you know, he won. I know gold gloves are not mean nothing, but uh, the best fielding outfielder I ever saw. And he, um, you know, he's uh, he's an awful defender in what if sports. Well, the, the the problem with that, the problem with that is that we don't have like an outfielder arm rating. Oh, right? I know. We only have fielding and range. If we yeah. had an arm rating, he'd be valuable, and he'd probably have an A plus every year. Right. Um, so same I thing with Barfield, that. yeah. Uh, but I, it that's just most of that's apocryphal. There's no way of really registering that. I I would think in terms of computer stuff, you know. Yeah, like know. The defensive yeah. metrics haven't been quantized. You know, for very long, they kind of have to go back. I guess, right? I mean, they're going to have to. They're you're going to have to have some sort of uh, video of the thing. You can't, right? Exactly. I mean, w- you know, we can't really say how you know what a great arm Honus Wagner had. You know, <laughs> that's true. That's very true. <laughs> we have to rely on eyewitness accounts, which sometimes go like, uh, "I once saw him hit the broadside of a barn from a mile away." I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's certainly a plus DRS. Um, Mike, uh, let me ask you, I, I got two real life questions for you here. Um, okay. okay. Have, you, have you ever done the uh, fan duel or uh, any of the daily fantasy leagues? Do you consider yeah. them gambling? Sports up. You know. I, they're they're 100% oh, yeah. gambling without a doubt. Um, All right. But I, I've done them. I've done them a couple times. We actually had a fantasy 
like a daily fantasy basketball like ongoing league that we made throughout the season last year. Yeah. Um, and so I'd play that with coworkers and friends and just put in, you know, a couple bucks each day and uh, just for fun. Um, so I've done basketball, but I haven't done other sports. Yeah. It was, but yeah, that was my follow up. Was, so with the, with the betting, you're like stick with basketball or something. Yeah. I think not baseball with basketball. It's more, it's a little bit more predictable, right? Like in baseball, there's it's really tough to say that somebody's going to have a good day on a given day one because there's a lot more players to choose from and two because there's a lot more variables going on in basketball you kind of know what team and what players are going to perform well against what other teams and what defenders um so in my mind it's easier to predict ballpark's not going to come into effect in basketball yeah (laughs) maybe crowd (laughs) crowd noise um all right and then last one for me um you live in the bay area uh, what was a more enjoyable – well, have you been to both stadiums, Oakland and uh, San Francisco? I have, both a couple times, yeah. Yeah, so what? Wh- which one – obviously we know which one's more uh, <laughs> aesthetically pleasing, but <laughs> <laughs> what was <laughs> what was the better time had at the old ball game? Um, honestly, like they were pretty comparable. I had – um, a family member has really good season tickets to the A's, so we always get like really good seats right behind home plate when we go. Which um, is still 70 feet away. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which is still 70 feet away, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the games in, in uh, well, what do they call it now? Oracle Park is the new yeah, name. Yeah. Um, that Those have been good, but I prefer the San Diego Padres Stadium Petco Park over any other park. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, was that a special trip you made there, or did you used to live and work in Southern California? You said you lived in LA. Yeah. Oh, that's when right. I lived in LA, we would go down to San Diego uh, to see like family and friends sometimes, and just take in a game. All right, good deal. Well, uh, okay. I, well, coach, as a Phillies fan now, uh, and considering where we are, uh, we're <laughs> not. Uh, the uh, how happy were you to see them get Harper? Oh, I mean, that was a game changer. Um, I, you know, I had high hopes that they were going to make it happen. I, I was really hoping that they wouldn't sign Machado because I, I don't think very highly of Machado as a player, <laughs> yeah. uh, especially yeah. for how much he was asking for. Yeah, but he's doing um, great with, uh, with San Diego. He's turned San Diego around and, you know, well, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I, what he did during the World Series was somewhat repulsive to me, but, uh, yeah, but go ahead. I'm... But, the um, the Harper signing was was great. I've actually I was really upset to see that David Robertson might have some elbow trouble because that could that could force the Phillies to overpay for Kimbrel, which I'm hoping that they don't do. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're worried the about time, the Braves kind of doing that same thing, and he came from us, so. Oh, hey, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping you guys are. No, no, no. We won't have any of that talk. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it is kind of a shame, though. I mean, they go out and spend this on Robertson, who's never had arm trouble. That's been his, you know, his forte is that he's, you know, throwing 70 games every year. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the Phillies and Harper now, what's your what's your honest uh, prediction for the Phils this year? I, I think they I think they could they could take the division I really do. Um, Good I hope you just cursed I, them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe in curses, man. I'll, I'll put it out there. They're going to win the World Series. Uh, I don't know. They'll, they'll do well. They'll do well. <laughs> Maybe not World <laughs> Series. They're going to have to go through uh, the Brew Crew and a few others. But um, but all right, we'll get you out on this. Somebody who's 
hearing this and maybe just discovering what if sports for the first time, what's your biggest piece of advice or pieces of advice to a, a first time player in what if sports? Yeah. So definitely like talk and reach out to other owners, talk in the forums, make posts, post your questions. People are generally really receptive to new people joining the community and wanting to learn about this game that like a lot of us really love and enjoy. Um, so, you know, ask questions. Don't be afraid. No question is too dumb. We've heard it all before. Um, there's no better way to learn the game quickly because I feel like if you're paying, you know, $13 per team or $60 for a six pack, uh, it can become daunting really quickly if your investment turns into a hundred loss season or 600 loss seasons. So learn as much as you can. And that way you'll have the best experience. Would you rather win 120 games, finish 30 games ahead, uh, or lose by one on the last day? Oh, I'd rather I'd rather win. Of course, yeah, really? I'd rather win by 30 games. Yeah, because if I win by 30 games, then I don't need to be frantically checking my pitching staff and optimizing my team in the last 10 days of the season. <laughs> and I can just let it ride. <laughs> yeah, well, see, uh, we're different there. I'd rather be have a team in a pennant race, but oh, that's fair. Hey, yeah. I respect that. And um, if we are in pennant races, I'm sure that you'll come on out on top for that reason. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think I just signed up for one of your teams yesterday, so we'll see. All right. Well, Mike Ozo Motley, that's O Z O M A T L I for those who are looking for him in the <laughs> What If Sports uh, cage match. Uh, man, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Hey, Tucker, Coach, thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, as always, to everyone listening to the podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes and or iTunes. Uh, you can find all things Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com. Like us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter, at Running the Bases and at Running the Base, singular, on Twitter. Um, leave your comments and your feedback. Um, a thank you to, again, to Mike Ozomatli, O-Z-O-M-A-T-L-I from what, uh, what if sports all-star we could call him, I guess. Right. Superstar. Superstar. A what if sports superstar Ozomatli. A thank you to him for coming on our show. Thank you as always to Mr. David Wayne Garten, who provides our intro and outro music. His album, the truth is, I don't know, is on, uh, Amazon and on iTunes and wherever there's a Barnes and Noble still standing. So for coach Jordan bounds, I am Tucker Wells. This is the running the bases podcast coming into home. What if sports edition coach, you have yourself a good night. We're safe. Good night. <laughs> Come on, however I was supposed to say it. <laughs>